Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Earlier this week, I was watching one of our high school youth play in one of his soccer games. I enjoy the game of soccer, and I wanted to see how he was doing, but it reminded me of something that used to happen to me when I always played soccer in high school. I'd be out there on the field, giving him my all, playing hard, completely in the game, when periodically throughout the game, I'd hear this female voice saying, Come on, Kevin, you can do it. Go get him. Go get him, Kevin. No question, it was my mother who was shouting from the sideline, encouraged me and meaning very well. But like any other teenage boy, I completely ignored her. Definitely didn't look, definitely didn't turn around and wave at her. And if anyone was going, was going to ask, she wasn't mine, not my mom. I didn't want to claim her as my own. On our scripture reading for our meditation today from the gospel according to Mark chapter 3, Jesus does far more than just ignore his mother. Jesus goes so far as to say that his own mother, his flesh and blood mother, is not his own. Instead, as he's standing there before him with this crowd gathered around him, he says, this crowd here is my mother and my brothers. This crowd of strangers. And yes, he's God. He truly knows all people. And yet for all purposes, this is a crowd of strangers because it's not his own flesh and blood. This crowd of strangers gathered around him to hear what he has to say, to see what he's going to say next, to see who he is and what he's going to do. This crowd of strangers, he says, this is my mother and my brother. Here are my mother and my brothers. Now, before we get too far into our reflection on this scripture, let's just get this out of the way. Jesus is not saying that family is unimportant. He's not saying that the, our own flesh and blood family that we have been given is completely unimportant. Because if you look all throughout scripture, we see that God has an incredible amount of value placed upon family. Go back to the very beginning of creation, which God creates man and he creates woman. And then he creates this union that they can be joined together in marriage and then gives them the ability to produce and create children. He values family. And then if you keep going through scripture, you'll see story after story that shows the importance of family. You'll hear different passages that place value on being fathers and mothers and children. Like from Ephesians chapter 6 when it says... Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. And then just a, view, a verse or two later, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And these are just a few of the many verses in Scripture in which we can see that God values family. The family to which we have been given in this life is important. But as we read Mark chapter 3 today, we see more so that Jesus is telling us that there are some people in this world who will not be a part of his family. There are those in this world who will not get to be a part of his eternal family. And that may sound harsh, but the rest of our reading from Mark chapter 3 today explains exactly who those people will be. And so first, we have Jesus' very own flesh and blood, mother and brothers. Who they, as they were there together with Jesus, they told Jesus directly to his face that he was out of his mind. Jesus, 
true God, and yet there they are telling him that, Jesus, you're out of your mind. For lack of better words, if we were to say it today, you're crazy. You've lost your marbles. You're out of your mind. Now, likely they were saying this because Jesus had been traveling for some time, going around where crowds are gathering, and crowds are gathering around him. He's teaching so much that he and the disciples barely even have time to eat. And these things that he'd been teaching... They're contrary to what the religious leaders of the time thought that he should be teaching. Whatever reason they thought, they told Jesus, you're out of your mind. And because they thought he was out of his mind, they misunderstood who he was. They misunderstood who Jesus was and what he came to do. That he was the one who had been promised for so long. He was the one who was coming and doing the very thing that the promised one came to do. And so there they were, standing right there before him, and they misunderstood who he was and what he came to do. And then there were the scribes. The scribes who stood there before Jesus. And they accused Jesus of being possessed by a demon. Again, true God, and they're accusing him of being possessed by a demon. But it didn't stop there. Their craziness continued because then they said that Jesus, who is possessed supposedly by this demon, is also the very same one who's casting out demons by the power of the prince of demons. Now that just doesn't make sense. And Jesus showed their extreme lack of logic when he told this parable that says, a house divided cannot stand. He refuted their horrible logic. And he went even further to show just how heretical they were being, how false they were teaching. And he told them that they were being blasphemous, committing the unforgivable sin of blasphemy. Now let's be careful to define that because as it's defined for us here in Scripture, blasphemy is persistently teaching falsely concerning who Jesus is and what he's come to do and persistently rejecting the gifts that he has come to give. So those, those are the people who will not get to be a part of Jesus' family. Those who completely misunderstand who he is and what he's come to do. And those who persistently reject him and teach falsely concerning who Jesus Christ is. Those who persist in those two states, persist in those two lack of belief in Jesus Christ. And again, it may sound harsh, but God shows us today that those who persist in those ways will not get to be with him in his eternal family. Now, by about this point in the sermon, you might be wondering, where's pastor trying to say I'm putting, where's pastor trying to say that I'm supposed to be? Let me just make this clear. None of you are in either of those categories. Neither of those categories apply to who you are. Oh, I can tell you for a fact, you're not in the blasphemous category because you're here. You're sitting right here before me, all together gathered in worship in God's holy house to hear his word, to come here regularly to receive his sacraments. To who you, you believe in him, you know that here you have your Lord and Savior. So you're definitely not part of that group. 
Now the former group, only you can admit before yourself and before your God alone if at times you may have misunderstood Jesus for who he truly is or have not seen him for what he truly has come to do. But again, that's not who you truly are because again, you've come here, you are here together in worship to confess of your sins, to repent of the fact that at times, yes, maybe we have misunderstood him for who he truly is, but we repent and we come for his forgiveness, trusting in him and knowing that he is truly our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So then you, you are the ones who are in. You are the ones who are in Jesus' family. As Jesus says today, you are my mother and my brothers. Here are my mother and my brothers. Which don't get hung up by that language, my mother and my brothers. It simply means that you are God's family, men and women, young and older and anything in between. You are God's family. We together, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. And what comfort that sweet sentence can give to us, especially in this world when the earthly families that we have and that we live in are all too far broken than we would ever like. Because as I stand here this morning preaching and proclaiming about family and the family we have in Jesus Christ, I'm ever aware that we have far too much brokenness in our earthly families. Our earthly families that are broken by divorce, broken by fighting among siblings. And I'm not talking just about that sibling banter that might go back and forth. I'm talking about the horrible, disgusting words that some siblings say to each other or even the physical fights they may get into. The children who don't talk to their parents in years or the vice versa, the parents that don't reach out to their children. And all of that brokenness in our earthly families is because of sin. Sin that has been in this world ever since Adam and Eve. As was already described for us earlier this morning in our Old Testament lesson, when Adam and Eve first sinned and disobeyed what God had told them to do. And since that almost very beginning, we see that brokenness existed in families. Brokenness when Adam blamed Eve. Brokenness when Eve blamed the serpent. So almost near the beginning, we already see brokenness in our earthly families. And yet, despite the brokenness we may have in our earthly families, we are part of a much greater, larger, eternal family. A family that is not broken, but is instead made whole in Jesus Christ. You are part of this family because you have done the will of God. As it tells us today in scripture, the will of God today is not that you have to do something, do the will of God, but rather the will of God is defined for us today in scripture is the fact that you believe, that you believe who Jesus is and what he has come to do. That you believe that Jesus Christ is your true Lord and Savior. And you have that belief. You get to hold on to that belief because the Holy Spirit has given it to you so that you can have that faith. And then that faith can hold on to all the promises that God's family gives to you. That as part of God's family, you have the promises that he has to give. The promises that we spent so much time this past, these past five days talking about together in Vacation Bible School with our children. The fact that God promises to be with you always. God promises to give you life. 
God promises to be faithful. God promises to give you hope. And oh, oh, best of all, God promises to give you a Savior. A Savior who is stronger than anything in this world. Because today in our gospel lesson, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is described as the one stronger. The one stronger than anything, including the devil. The one stronger who came into this world and died on the cross and rose from the grave to to plunder the devil and all his works and his ways. And the one stronger who will come back again to deliver that eternal final blow against the devil, destroying him forever. You are in his family. We are in his family together. The family in Jesus Christ that is made righteous, that is made whole together, and that gets to be together forever. And so as Jesus Christ said today in our gospel lesson, here, here are my mother and my brothers. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.